Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. I preached a number of sermons on the distinctive of Pentecost. And of course we're talking about power. We're talking about with the Holy Ghost. Now God is able to do through you and by you what he could not do before. And I want to minister tonight on Peter, a picture of Pentecost, very familiar portion of scripture, Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. and They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Father, we come tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray, God, visit us with signs, wonders, and miracles. God, I pray a powerful pouring out of your spirit. Even in this generation, God, let it begin even tonight, even this week, even in this place and in these people. God, I pray that I may with my own eyes see one more powerful move of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Peter, a picture of Pentecost. Pentecostal people are people of compassion. And Pentecostals pray. If you pray, there's an element of compassion that begins to saturate your personality. Acts 3.1, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Do you have an hour of prayer. 
Pentecostal people are known for their love of prayer. It's not that I have to, but that I get to the privilege. You mean I can personally speak to God every day? Personal. To be Pentecostal, prayer becomes or should be like breathing. We love to pray. Prayer is a part of our life. It's something that's in our schedule, in our personality. To not be able to pray, there's this vacuum and this this agony of soul. The hour of prayer, they're going to the house of God to pray. A time dedicated to prayer. Not just when you're desperate, not just when you're in crisis or in a need. Is that you? You see, when you're filled with God's Spirit, the Spirit creates this unction to pray. Part of the purpose of the Holy Spirit, Pentecostal, is intercession. This communication with God that moves beyond the natural, beyond just knowledge, beyond just circumstances in fact uh, it moves into a spiritual arena that begins to move principalities and powers and cast them aside and gives access for God's spirit now to reside and move through you with a new liberty I wonder if Peter had not been going to pray or had a lifestyle of prayer, would this miracle ever be recorded? What miracles are waiting for your hand if you'd simply pray? Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, articulated. The Holy Spirit in you connecting with God in a language that you did not learn. Do you have that kind of prayer? Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, Praying in the Spirit. This energizing of your soul. This passion that begins to move you beyond your flesh. And the natural and the commitments and the the challenges of life moves you into a spiritual dimension. Things you never imagined that were possible for God. Places you never imagined, you didn't even know existed, begin to be a burden on your soul. I can measure your relationships by who you speak to. This week, if I could watch you, I could measure your relationships by who you spend time with, who you communicate with. It's also true with God. Watch Peter, a picture of compassion. 
This is the first miracle after Pentecost. You see, compassion creates a culture for miracles. Verse 2, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. It's possible for your surroundings to look nothing like your existence. It's possible to come to a beautiful gate and you're ugly. (laughs) It's possible to have handsome, beautiful family members and yeah. (laughs) He's a beggar at a beautiful gate. And many times it's like the contrast makes it more unbearable, more painful, more pitiful. You can come from a fantastic Christian family and yet your life be an ugly mess. It makes you want to run away and hide, escape. And this is what a lot of church kids do. You can come from a family of achievers and this highlights your failure. Think of this man. He can't walk. His life has been reduced to begging. And yet he sits at one of the most beautiful gates in the world. Your name is beggar. The name of the gate is beautiful. We're talking 40 years Acts 4.22, this man was over 40 years old asking for alms. Many who come through the doors of our churches, many who we cross paths with in life are some form or fashion of this man. Their history has become their identity. And right here, Peter is a picture of Pentecost. Remember before, Peter's cutting off ears. He's cursing. He's denied he even knew Jesus. But not today, not after Pentecost. He can't walk by. You wonder in the past how many times Peter, perhaps being Jewish, going to the temple would have walked by this man, maybe even made some snide remark. Somebody needs to move him. Somebody needs to park this man somewhere else. This gate's too beautiful. He's a nuisance. Bible doesn't record that. But you wonder. See, compassion is how you see people. Their condition Maybe and many times nothing like you. You wonder you can't even identify. But yet Peter in verse 4 fixing his eyes on him said look at us. Compassion is not afraid to make eye contact with the rejected, the broken, the lonely, the unpopular, the betrayed, 
Jesus, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one, oh, you, you stoned the prophets. How often I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Fixing, I see you. I'm not ignoring you. You've got my total attention. I see the obvious. You've got no name. You're a condition. Everyone calls you the beggar. You're asking for a coin, but real compassion gives you the cure. Pentecostal people are known as the people of faith. Listen to faith. Pentecost, a Holy Ghost experience, will renew your faith. I wonder, here's Peter, and you look at his life before the upper room, and it's such a contrast in so many areas. I wonder if he's saying, let's try this again. The Holy Ghost said, listen, Peter, you can do this. I want you to try this again. Remember his last experience with faith. Matthew 14, they're in a storm, raging storm, Sea of Galilee. Jesus comes walking on the storm. Peter says, Lord, if if it's you, bid me come. And he climbed out of the boat and began to walk on water. And the waves and the storm, no doubt the wind, began to steal his faith. And he began to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus does. And later Jesus says in Matthew 14, 31, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's not the best experience with faith. I wonder if he said, what was I thinking? I could have drowned out there. Pentecost will cause your faith to get up again. Maybe you've pioneered and it didn't work. Maybe you pastored. Maybe you were in ministry. Maybe you were on fire, passion for God, and it didn't work. May have fell on your face. But so what? I wonder what the other disciples said to Peter the next time they were out on the boat. Hey, Peter, show us that walk on water thing you do. (laughs) You know, today, you know, the brothers, they would have bought him a (laughs) T-shirt. This guy drowning. And the caption would have been the water walker. But you see, Pentecost will cause you to go to the battle and go to the confrontation with the demonic and the ungodly and the unrighteous and the broken. It'll cause you to step into that arena again regardless of the past. Peter looks at this man. Says silver and gold, I don't have it. What I do have, I'm going to give it to you in the name of Jesus. What he's saying is silver and gold, that's that's not my security anymore. That's not what I'm running after. That's not what I've accumulated. 
I wonder how many miss the miracles because they've got diverted uh, into the material arena of life and you begin to accumulate and it's not wrong when it comes from God, but it's wrong if it becomes your priority. He said, listen, you're, you're asking for coins. I want to give you a cure. I don't have silver and gold. That's not what I live for. That's not my answer. Many, many years ago, you've heard me tell the story. I won't go into all the detail, but I felt God speak to me, did speak to me. I want to put you in Malaysia. And there was another pastor at the time, a leader in our fellowship. Uh, he decided to go, and Pastor Mitchell called me and said, Joe, it's, uh, he, he needs to go probably. He's been there. And I said, okay, Pastor, that's fine. But this guy couldn't go because of credit card debt credit card debt. I believe pastor told me, and this was many years ago, late 80s, $10,000 credit card debt. I wonder how many miss God right here. The miracle God has waiting for you because it's all you've got captured. You're bound by the silver and gold said, I got something greater to give you. You're asking for the wrong thing. Pentecostals always have something to give. Such as I have. Compassion gives. Compassion is not a taker. said, I have something in the name of Jesus Christ. Pentecostal faith speaks a language. Rise up and walk. But I've never walked. No one has ever asked me to walk. Are you saying I don't have to be this way? Are you saying I don't have to be carried? Maybe you've been carried one way or another your whole life. Our message you can walk. The Pentecostal language is a language of faith. Uh, it'll speak things you've never heard before. It speaks a language the world never speaks. The world speaks victim. You'll always be this way. You can't walk and you ought to hate everyone who does walk. Anyone who gets up and walks is your enemy. They don't understand you. Can't you hear it today, Peter? Peter, Peter, you, you don't love the, what's Peter, that's cruel telling this poor crippled man that he can walk. Do you speak that language to those around you? Life has reduced them to being carried. Do you have that message for your family, your neighborhood, for nations and cities where you work? Pastor, does that message radiate from your lips? This is a personal conversation right here. It's a language empowered by the name of Jesus. 
I have something to give you. One of the great assets of Pastor Mitchell, one of the great attributes of his life, he could see in us what we couldn't see in ourselves. And that's ministry. Ministry sees in others what they don't see in themselves. I got on his hearing aids. Maybe I need to explain that. I was praying a couple of weeks ago, and I remember Pastor Mitchell got some hearing aids last year. Uh, neither one of us could hear. You didn't, you didn't know that, did you? Uh, we'd be sitting on the platform in Chandler, and someone would come up and speak, and, and we'd smile and nod. And uh, they'd walk away, and he'd say, Camel, what'd they say? I said, I don't have a clue, Pastor. <clears throat> So I called Pastor Greg and I said, have you still got Pastor Mitchell's hearing aids? And he said, uh, let me check. And he called back and, and Wednesday I came up and uh, went to the same office where they got them. And um, this lady there adjusted the hearing and everything. Uh, and uh, I miss hearing his voice. I was in the uh, break room today. And pastors, and I just, I, I, and, and I know many of you do. I just, I don't want to get off track here, but sometimes I'm wearing these hearing aids and I can almost hear him say, Camel, stop that. <laughs> don't, no, don't do that. But he could see things in us we could never see in ourselves. I wonder what Peter sees. The world looks at this man and says, hopeless. Forty years he's been like this. You see, Pentecostal people see potential while others see problems. Ministry looks for the potential, not perfection. This man, no doubt, carries massive baggage. You can't sit there for decades knowing people and feeling their response and their rejection and who knows all these de- You can't live that kind of life without carrying massive baggage. Added to that, as I said, he's been carried his whole life. What do you see right here? Do you see potential or do you simply see problems? I'll ask you a couple of three questions honestly would you have went to the man at the tomb of gatherings demon possessed legions of demons naked suicidal would, would you have made do you the woman at the well would you could you see revival in her a whole city, the man at the tomb of gatherings, 10 cities of Decapolis. Can you see that in people around you? Pentecostal people are not afraid to touch the problem. They're not afraid to get involved with people who have conditions. Do you spend your whole time with people who don't need you and think it's ministry? You go out and eat with people. Listen, if you died tomorrow, they'd go on for Jesus. Don't call that ministry. It's 
says he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Are you touching people? Would this man have walked if Peter hadn't said, listen, listen, I'm not afraid to reach down into your mess with you. I don't have some kind of preacher facade or image that I have to defend. This is Pentecost. It has the ability to lift people. Let me ask you, would you have discipled Peter? Let me ask, I'm just asking honestly, would you? I mean, he's causing you nothing but problems. He rebuked you one time, publicly. <laughs> and I know you rebuked him back. Get behind me, Satan. I mean, he's cursing you. I mean, I'm asking you a question, Pastor. Would you disciple? Would you send him a special invitation? Could you see this when he's denying he even knows you? Hanging out with the enemy? Pentecost is what will shake the world. It is nothing like much of the church world today. Pastor James Martinez, he, good friend of mine, him and Christine, he just recently, I was telling him he had five new couples come in from the streets and just married two of them, got two more couples getting married. And, uh, you know, you... You ever have these people in your office? I mean, they're raw. You're trying to counsel them about marriage, and, and, and it ends up, I, one time I was counseling this couple, and I thought, wow, that's, you did pretty, and, and one of the disciples who happened to come to my house, come running and said, Pastor, they're out in your yard. She's clawed his face. They're fighting like cats and dogs. <laughs> hey, I can preach. But are you touching anybody? Real ministry causes people to walk, go to church, and praise God. After Peter reaches his hand and in the name of Jesus, this man, he doesn't just get a miracle. He runs into the house of God the Bible says, leaping up, he stood, walked, entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Don't show me your talent. Show me who's walking into church with you. Don't show me your sermon, and God knows we need show sermons. Show me a problem that's become a praise. The proof of Pentecost is people you touch change this man is on the outside in the streets lame lonely begging rejected and one time he's leaping running into the house of God praising God whose hand are you holding whose hand are you holding I know some of the pastors and I've joked over the years I've never asked Pastor Mitchell in a conference about launching someone. They didn't say, Camel, launch them. I got where I wouldn't even ask him. I knew it didn't matter. Launch them, launch them, risk. 
proof of Pentecost has changed lives. This is Holy Ghost revival. It stirred that place. However, many of those who heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. Are you looking for perfection or are you looking for potential? Does the problems they have blind you to the possibilities of God? Ministry is so, it's so powerful. When you speak a Pentecostal language of faith and power and Holy Ghost supernatural, of vision and destiny and possibilities, it, it'll shake a world. It'll shake a human being. Causes people to desire to hold on to you. They'll speak with you. They'll stand with you. Look at this man in Acts 3.11. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. Chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing this man who had been healed standing with them. You have people that couples oh they may look they may look but they're holding on to you. You're their hope. They're seeing something in you. They're feeling something from you. They've not felt from the world. Maybe never at home. Maybe never in their whole life. Who's sitting beside? I challenged our evangelists. We have a number of evangelists in our church. I forget eight or nine. And I I, I challenged them in a sermon. I said, "Your evangelist, who are you evangelizing?" Is it just a title? You just go preach somewhere? Uh, who, who, you bring, who are you witnessing to? It's intense. I, I love it when it gets intense. So. <laughs> I said, uh, who's sitting beside you? Who's sitting in front of you? Or if you're an evangelist, that means you're supposed to evangelize and have a heart and passion for souls and comfort. Where are they? Praise the Lord. That's a sermon from a <laughs> frustrated pastor. Listen, when the Holy Ghost and the power of God, there are those that are nothing like you, but they want to be with you. I close with just a thought. Pentecost brings a boldness to preach. We've heard this already, to declare, to confront, to speak. This miracle happened, and Peter, it says in verse 12, when he saw it, he responded to the people and he began to preach Jesus Christ whom God raised from the dead. And he talks about his name through faith in his name has made this man strong and whole. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be. He sees that he began. Pentecost is a language of boldness. It's a confrontation with sin and ungodliness and uncleanness and perversion. He's in a public place. And this is what will shake the world. This is, has to be a distinctive of the last day move of God. They shook the book back. They shook these men that have turned the world. How did they do that? Listen, listen to me. 
Trying to look like the world isn't going to bring a move of God. Come on. Trying to be cool. I got to look cool so the world will say, hey, you're cool, we're coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's silly. It's silliness. It is. It's really silly. Be like me up here. All of a sudden, I got my old biker leather jacket, my shirt unbuttoned or no shirt. Come on. Got my old stomping boots on, my old nasty jeans. Don't be silly. Christian entertainment isn't going to shake the world. Listen, Holy Ghost and fire, a power of the name of Jesus spoken in the face of the lame, the lonely, and the broken, as well as shake the world. When they hear that message and they stand up, the world cannot deny it. Listen what they prayed for and for following this. They've been confronted by the Sanhedrin. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that's Pentecost. If we're a Pentecostal church, this is how we were birthed. Oh, we were, we were that church. Grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal through your hands signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy son Jesus. And when they had prayed, verse 31, the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Is that you? Is that you? Listen, this is, this is what brings a congregation into a move of God, a fellowship into a, a great, and thank God for all he's doing. We cannot lose this boldness to confront demonic and curses perversion and idolatry and homosexuality and uncleanness and insanity. We were in Malaysia when in 87 and 88 God began to move. We're talking about Buddhists and Hindus. And I can remember preaching against idols and it's intense it's like in that Hindu temple. That's a riot. I was, my heart was leaping. I thought, glory to God, man. Hallelujah. And we went into homes. People get saved. And uh, the Chinese have altars in their homes and idols, longevity, fertility, prosperity. And they're living in apartments and neighbors, you know, people everywhere. And we take a lorry truck like a pickup truck and we go. I remember one time we got this altar. It was an antique. But I remember bringing these idols out of these. These people are afraid to touch them. And there's a picture. 
See those idols? I had a nickname, Pastor Joe Idol Killer. They got the exterminator there. <laughs> those idols were worth thousands and tens of thousands of Malaysia dollars. And, and I can remember breaking them over the pulpit. <laughs> Heads flying off. And I'm telling you, people getting saved and delivered generational curses, ancestral curses. Is that you? And I know many of you that it is. Believing God supernaturally, Peter put himself on the line. Powerful move of God broke out. Our church in Chandler over the years, different times, incredible Holy Ghost move of God. People running out of the services, running home, getting stuff, bringing it back, throwing it on the altars. Bringing in TVs while you're preaching with a, with a sledgehammer. Today, it'd probably be your cell phone, but anyway. Drugs and alcohol, just, I mean, lining. Demons. Broke a Virgin Mary over the pulpit one time, and this smoke come out. Everybody went, (gasps) no one's sleeping. Pentecost is Holy Ghost power demonstrated to a lost Lonely, unsaved, broken world. I ask you to bow your head with me this evening. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.